Blog Talk Radio. Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm. It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food. It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. beauty standards for an apple. This isn't that ugly at all. Like, that's the most common first box, like, complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. Have food delivered to your house. Box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High quality produce. There's nothing wrong with the produce. And they taste exactly the same, if not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door, like, but what why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live, and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce. Of all the grounding studies, the one that really got our attention is called Electric Grounding Improves Vagal Tone in Preterm Infants. In the study, 26 premature babies in an NICU were connected to grounding wires. The heart rates of the grounded infants stabilized. And their vagal tone, a critical measure of infant health, increased by 67% with grounding. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias. But they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal, but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say so. Or they quote the myths and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip-flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media. Hello everyone, I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, 
you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. Just as ungrounded signals wreak havoc on radio communications, there's growing concern that because we are not grounded, we absorb tremendous amounts of electromagnetic radiation from our modern devices. EMF stands for electromagnetic field. We are all immersed in electromagnetic fields from Wi-Fi, from the wiring in our homes, and it disturbs our electrical balance. We get charged inside of our bodies. We get electrically charged. Some people have as much as 20 volts on their bodies, and that's not good for you. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Hello, folks. We are here with Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle, as well as general advocacy, awareness, and support and encouragement for living the barefoot lifestyle. My name is Phoenix. Uh, Today, Audrey won't be here. Um, She's taking, um, which I think she was okay with me sharing this um, today. But um, which I know she was planning on talking about next week, but um, she's taking a, a solo hiking trip. Um, you know, I'm not going to give any more information on that. Um, and so she'll have some experiences next week to come back with um, in terms of barefooting. Um, this is something that, you know, Audrey's talked about in the past needing to do, um, you know, maybe a couple times a year if possible, or at least once a year, um, just in general as, you know, somebody who has, you know, um, ADHD, it's a really great reset, um, especially, uh, you know, with her being um, a mother of four um, and, you know, working full time and everything else um, with, you know, going on in her personal life. Um, and, so, you know, definitely uh, wishing her the best, um, but she will not be here um, today to be able to talk, um, but, you know, this is something for her to be able to recoup and um, be able to, you know, just be out in nature and barefoot. So I'm hoping that the weather isn't going to be too yucky, but at least hopefully she'll be able to enjoy the good mud, you know, um, that she's always talking about. But 
I think it's really important, too, to remember that sometimes, you know, we have to take that time for ourselves and reconnect with nature and however we're comfortable with and however we are physically capable, mentally capable, or capable of in general with um, the schedules in our lives and demands and obligations. I think all people on some level um, do benefit from exposure to nature, but, you know, different people have different preferences, different limitations, you know. I have, you know, friends and loved ones are like, yeah, I would love to be in nature more, you know, if I didn't have, you know, the worst allergies in the world, even when they're taking allergy medicine and things like that. And it's even as something as simple as that, where if someone has asthma or, you know, different um, issues with health, like everyone does have their own limitations. Everyone has also their own preferences on how to engage with nature. Um, and I get it. Not all barefooters are nature lovers, don't necessarily like hiking or you know, you know, or being in mud or, you know, situations that may be considered, you know, too messy or uncomfortable for maybe certain sensory issues. Um, but we definitely all do benefit from exposure to nature and having a relationship with nature. However, we feel comfortable doing that. Even if you come across, you're coming across this, um, you know, show and you're not a barefooter yourself, it's, I'm sure you can, you know, find those ways in which um, nature has a vital role in healing and revitalization um, and just regeneration in general within your own personal life. We all need those times to be able to, you know, just be able to just come back into our bodies, ground ourselves, connect with the physical world, connect with the earth, the planet, and true reality, unfortunately, we're all so consumed in so many things and that's no judgment for anybody. You have to do what you have to do to survive. And we all have to play within the parameters of the rules of this world on some level for survival. And because we're often penalized if we don't. And, you know, most people can't just choose to live off the grid. That's not an option. That's not something that's accessible or affordable, you know, or as much as you want, may want to be in nature or, you know, quit your job, like, you know, people have to work and stuff like that. And, but I think there's a lot of shame around also too, you know, people connecting with nature and your bodies. And, you know, I think the issues that people have with barefooting and, many other people in my life that, you know, also find bare, you know, barefooting to be something um, enjoyable or freeing or preferable for them, um, as well as helpful or healing. Um, You know, also kind of to these points of just, it's not even about barefooting. There's so much deeper social context perspectives and ideas and imposed rules that we have on each other um, collectively that disconnect us from our bodies, disconnect us from health and what is good for us. And I think it's really hard to, for sure, to be able to cut that loose, cut loose from that and live your, live in your truth even as much as you love yourself, as much as you could be the most confident person in the world. It is still hard on some level for all of us to be able to, you know, fully disconnect from this world and its problems the way that a lot of us would like to. And I think that there's kind of this push and pull where it's like, 
some people, you know, telling you you're too deluded, you know, you're too out there, you know, while other people, um, in terms like, like, like you're too deluded in terms of like, you know, you connecting with nature, like, and trying to connect with your body, like, Oh, you're crazy. What's wrong with you? Or, you know, there's also that, you know, pull too, where it's like, Oh, well, you gotta, you gotta be able to ditch this you know, world, you can't let it get to you. You can't abide by the, you know, these rules. You can't let the the government or this or that tell you what to do. And on some level, it's like, you know, we have to abide within rules. And that's why it's really important for communities and for people to speak up about their rights and stand up for each other so that we, we do have, you know, a say and a voice and are able to collectively, you know, move away from these harmful factors within our society that remove us from our humanity, our true humanity not even just our bodies and taking care of them and listening to them but also each other our families our friends our loved ones communities you know these social dynamic structures that are that are pillars you know that have been bulldozed down or weakened and are cracking um and so it's this push and pull, whereas I think a lot of people feel like you can never win. You know, it's like you're either too, you know, far out there with connecting with nature or how dare you, you know, abide by society on any level in order to survive. You know, yeah, we may not be doing anything inherently harmful, but people also have to be able to pay their bills. People have to be able to eat and have shelter and a lot of people, even by abiding by rules, are struggling to afford such things, especially within this year, 2020 and the trajectory on which things are going. Um, so I think we just need to have a lot more empathy and stop trying to um, obsess over perfection on how we're connecting with nature or if we're, you know, living the right way within the system and just, just stop, just allow people to live. There is no right way to really get on this journey of, like, connecting with your body, your humanity, you know, all these different dimensions of yourself, not just your physical body in terms of barefooting. But I think barefooting also opens up a gateway of being able to understand yourself as a human being as a much more complex organism than previously you probably conceived and understood because of the way that we are so disconnected from our humanity. And, and it's as if humanness is a problem, but why would we want to be machine-like at the end of the day? I think what people really want is efficiency. Nobody really wants to be like a machine. People want efficiency. People want success. But there are so many studies out there to just prove that a key, one of the key things in success and efficiency is having that downtime to play, you know, and play can be really anything, just anything that um, involves an enjoyment that isn't meant to create a final product um, in terms of an obligation, you know, um, you could, you know, play for you could be, you know, painting something or creating something. And so that could, you know, obviously you know, you're creating something of a result, but at the same time, it's not an obligation for you. And, um, and finding those things, or that could be just sitting outside, going on a walk, you know, playing, playing with your kids, you know, or, you know, playing with your, your friends, even as an adult to go play basketball or whatever else, like, you know, finding those, um, small moments, 
because, and the reason I say small moments is because we don't really in society have time and, and to be able to, you know, do these things. Um, but just finding those outlets, those, you know, um, but also time to rest and unwind and, you know, allowing your mind to just digest everything. Those are key things to success and efficiency. If we're constantly go, 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 like machinery, eventually, just like machines, we too are going to break down and need to be repaired. And then, you know, then what, what good is it when you're out of commission? I mean, and you can't, you're not functioning or out of operation or whatever. I don't even know what I'm trying to say where I'm going with this, but I think it's really important for us to just connect with our bodies and understand what that means for us individually. I think barefooting plays a much deeper role in well-being and health than society than mainstream society has been looking at or um, considering. Personally, I started barefooting pretty much full time. Like, I mean, I put shoes on when like I need them. Um, and you know, that can be different for other people because of different, um, issues with like my feet sensitivities and like muscles, um, especially in like the winter and stuff, but other, but most of the time I'm barefoot, even if I'm not really, you know, going very many places, I, wherever I am, most of the time I'm barefoot driving barefoot. And I started this in like 2020, um, the um it was actually during the end of my senior year of high school um because I graduated in 2020 so uh, when we ended up you know going um out of uh like school for the rest of the year because of COVID stuff and everything and I'd always loved barefooting as a child um and it was something that I got in trouble a lot for it was something that you know as soon as I got out of school I wanted to rip my shoes off and I did and if I didn't I would be freaking out even in the morning like you know, for me, um, as somebody with ADHD and autism, it's really um, something that was very overstimulating was causing a lot of meltdowns that, it's, you know, being late diagnosed, I didn't know at the time in my childhood were meltdowns, but it was noticeable to everyone around me. And, you know, I was, it was labeled as a behavioral issue, um, more so than understanding that it was something that I just deeply bothered me and was overstimulating and causing issues for me and overstimulation registers or triggers the pain receptors in the brain. So being overstimulated isn't just, oh, I'm annoyed or I'm bothered or this is uncomfortable. It registers the pain receptors in the brain and um, which then triggers a lot of my other physical issues, even like fibromyalgia and other things that um, have, you know, chronic, other chronic pain issues and escalate that. And, um, and so I personally, you know, do see from personal experience what an accommodation it is for autistic and ADHD people um, from personal experience, but it's not an accommodation for all people who are autistic or have ADHD, Um, but at the same time, it was, um, barefooting was more than just, you know, helping with chronic physical illness issues and physical disability issues, and it was more than just, oh, rebellion or anything like that. Rebellion didn't really play a role at all into it for me. Um, but, you know, like, unfortunately, a lot of people assume that, you know, to bear, if you're barefooting, you must 
be rebelling against something. Um, and I think lockdown in 2020, um, and then even when I did, even when I was working, um, like because the restaurant I was working at the time, they were open. Um, that was the only place I was going to. And so I was, you know, it was a lot easier to be barefoot all the time unless I really needed something, you know, I wasn't really going anywhere else. And, um, and a lot of places were closed and were as many opportunities to anywhere. So I spent a lot of time outside and I do think during that time it helped me just really connect with, start my like reconnection with the earth and my body and uh, my barefooting journey. Um, but it's, more than just you know chronic illness mobility issues it's something that helps with my emotional regulation it's something that helps in terms of sensory issues um, stimulation um, issues um, try like like there's so many things I'm trying to make sure I'm not like repeating anything but just even spiritually just with my mental health even and all the different facets of my mental health um, whether it's executive function, um, which is more, you know, the, you know, cognitive, the decision-making part of the brain and other um, aspects of that, you know, when I'm in my worst executive function places, being barefoot and grounding, connecting to the earth, um, you know, especially with like grassy areas or, you know, areas where there's like dirt or something like that, where I'm direct, more directly connecting to the earth rather than like on concrete, it, it does help. You know, it doesn't completely cure or go, wow, I am the most perfect executive function in the world now. No, not by any means. But it does help alleviate a lot of issues. It does help me get the gears kind of just turning. But it also, even if it doesn't help right away, it helps soothe my nervous system to be able to um, allow these, you know, cycles that are occurring um, chemically to readjust, to get where they need to be within my nervous system. Um, and there's so many different aspects of mental health, you know, whether that's, you know, anxiety for me or depression, um, you know, with trauma, anger, you know, it can sometimes come out too as a product of trauma. It doesn't matter really what intense emotion or what aspect of my mental health I'm experiencing on some level, barefooting connects to earth does help. Is it, does it cure it? Does it completely fix it? No, no, it doesn't. I'm not going to be completely unrealistic and actually get to cure all here, but it does help. And when you are in rough places with your physical health, your mental health, emotional health, anything like that, anything that helps is something that does help and it makes a difference even, and, and, and it can be really hard because sometimes I'm in those places where I'm like, well, well, this doesn't really make a difference. What's the point? Like, but even, but there are times where then I'll be put in a position where I do realize how much, even when it feels like it's not helping because of how bad things can be sometimes, it's still helping. When I'm put in a position, you know, where I can't be outside, even if it's that same moment where I'll go inside and immediately, you know, feel worse or I'll be like, what good does going outside do? And then, yeah, it doesn't fix me, but I do feel a little bit better. And I think really to, um, in general, um, with mental health, you know, physical health, chronic illness things, it is also very helpful to pair or group or combine um, accommodations or um, trying to think of another word. Just those things that help, it's really good, or those like coping tools and stuff like that, it's really good to try to find ways to pair things together because 
most of the time, you know, one thing isn't always going to necessarily be enough either. Um, and so there are, you know, ways within my own life that I find ways of pairing um, barefooting with other, you know, techniques um, as well. And even when I'm, you know, outside and I'm having those just crazy feeling emotionally charged times um, and I'm just like, oh, I just need to let this energy go. I just need to just connect to earth. I just need to chill out, um, you know, just sitting in the grass and which, you know, again, connecting myself to the earth the, you know, those excessive um, radical energy that um, electrical energy stored in the body, you know, it's able to, you know, sorry, words today. It's able to just, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? I am so sorry. Transmutation is the word that keeps coming to me, but I know that's not what I'm, transfer, transfer, that's what it is. So, you know, allowing that, ener- that energy to transfer to the earth. Um, but transmutation is key as well. Transmutation is, you know, taking one thing and turning it into another. Um, and in terms of, like, energy, um, for me, connecting with the earth is a form of transmutation, of energy. And, you know, taking these thoughts, feelings and experiences that are overwhelming and finding a new way to look at them while releasing all the excessive energy that I don't need. Um, and even if you're just like, oh, crazy energy stuff, our brains are electrical and our hearts are electrical. Our brains and our hearts are two of the most electrical parts of our bodies. Um, our, so there's a lot of electrical activity going on there and that electrical energy is very much so real and physical, even if we can't see it or it can only, you know, be examined through certain testing and things like that. Um, but mental health issues, a lot of chronic pain issues, any hormonal imbalance issues, those are going to, you know, increase the electrical activity going on um, in the brain in certain ways. And that may not necessarily, you know, and that can look like many different things, but it's going to affect that. Um, and, you know, if you have heart issues, um, nerve issues, any neurological issues, like those are things to which in which electrical energy is very tied into. Um, and so being able to connect with the earth is something that definitely helps. But even when I'm out there, um, with it being fall, like the leaves are, you know, falling. So, you know, some of the dead leaves just crushing them in my hands or, you know, ripping them up as a way of stimming. And, um, or like one thing I do in the summer after they like mow the grass, um, at, um, where I live, um, in like the apartment building, I was sitting outside and balling up like the loose grass and creating like little tumbleweed balls. That's a form of stimming. And, you know, this can help my mind to kind of see and examine and think things more clearly. For me, I also do feel like there is, you know, spiritual element of connecting with the earth. And that can look very different for many different people. But I know a lot of people in my life who, you know, are into barefooting or really into nature do say, you know, there is a very crucial spiritual element to it for them. And, you know, I encourage people to explore that for themselves and just follow what feels right in your body. I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of social institutions and a lot of things at play that disconnect us from our bodies. And these are forms of control. 
They are forms of stripping us away from our autonomy and our sense of self. Because if we don't even know what our needs are or what our autonomy is or what is going on with us, even in terms of food and shelter, if we don't really fully understand that, how are we going to speak out? How are we going to have anything to say negatively about it when our autonomy is being taken away if we don't understand it? And it's, I mean, there's so many different aspects of this. Um, And unfortunately, even um, different various religious institutions, you know, even at play, there's corruption all around us, different institutions systematically within our everyday life, you know, are aimed at disconnecting us from our autonomy and our sense of self on some level. Is that me blaming everyday people who work for these places? No, not by any means. I don't have any blame for people that are not running things. I really don't. Like, that's just useless blame and anger and useless conflict to have. Um, But at the same time, you sometimes do have to get loud and and even sometimes aggressive in order to have justice. And so it's about having that balance because if we're, you know, and understanding what, when is the time and place for these kinds of things? Um, and, but, you know, unfortunately I think a lot of the times when aggression and violence is used, it is completely unnecessary. And, and then when it is, you know, um, a form of people fighting back, um, from oppression, then often it is, uh, broken down into something else and as in broken down into being hate. Um, Unfortunately, there are a lot of just horrible things happening in the world all the time. And I just encourage people to really see with their heart and um, trust your gut, trust your intuition, but trust your body. There's a lot of body level intuition that a lot of us have been taught to neglect and ignore and gaslight and, just completely invalidate. Um, And even that's something for myself that I've been focusing on is listening to the signals coming from my body. And sometimes that can, you know, just be anxiety or trauma related. Um, And so, you know, I take those times to analyze where is this coming from? You know what I mean? Like sometimes, you know, when we're triggered, um, that has nothing to do with the people around us or the environment we're in necessarily. Um, It's not about what the physical reality around us, but things that end up triggering another reality that exists with, um, in our lives, if that makes any sense. Um, but also too, with that, you know, I've been really thinking about all the times when I just, you know, really denied gut feelings and denied the signals that my body was telling me. Um, even in terms of taking care of myself, but in terms of safety and well-being, but even in terms of health, you know, feeding ourselves, rest, um, anything like that, you know, we're missing out on really important, crucial signals. And, you know, for me, um, as someone who's autistic, I do struggle with interoception personally, um, which is receiving um, and understanding bodily signals, Um like what they mean, what's going on. Like I'm getting them. I just sometimes do. I don't even know where it's coming from in my body. It's just like, I don't know what's going on. Even with chronic pain issues, I'm like, I don't know if I actually hurt something or what's going on. Like, you know, 
But um, a big thing I've also realized, too, is just how much those issues become worse when we are not listening to our bodies. We are not listening to ourselves and um, and and we've become very disconnected. You know, a lot of there's a lot of just ideas of where people having to quote unquote earn food or earn rest, and most people aren't lazy. I mean, really, they really aren't. And I don't care. I don't care if people are like, well, you're just ignorant and naive. Honestly, there are a lot of people that I even at one point had even considered lazy. But people, a lot of people are masking a lot of things. And I never like having negative thoughts like that about people even. But most people aren't lazy. Most people are masking things. Most people are struggling and don't know what's going on with them or what's wrong with them. And because they think they're lazy... They are operating within a, in a way that causes everyone else to think they're lazy. A lot of people I know with chronic health issues and stuff like that, you know, not even just myself, we look at ourselves all the time as being lazy, even when we are, even when we're doing more rather more than the people around us at different points in my life, where I'm pushing myself more and doing more, but it affects me so much more and I need that downtime, but you know, one thing, um, one kind of uh, thought that really, um, like, idea or perspective I came across, um, I don't really remember the context entirely, um, was, you know, if you were really lazy, then you'd be having fun. And because I think a lot of people think they're lazy or even accuse other people of being lazy when people are just burnt out and tired and all in their bodies, you know, you shouldn't have to earn food earn rest most people want to do things most people need and want purpose but unfortunately even things that used to be about purpose are not about purpose anymore I mean really they're about fulfilling some dream of a billionaire that just only wants to exploit you fortunately that's most people's reality well you can barely afford to eat and live and have, have a place to live, you know. Most people aren't lazy. Most people are just out there capping point. And when you say that and when you show that kind of weakness, often you are berated and you are crapped on for it. And people have negative things to say. And I think barefooting really is a gateway to really understanding humanity and the human body and understanding um our intuition on, on, on all levels, but also physically, because personally through my journey and also other people that I've known and even like Audrey and I, you know, we've talked about this even personally where, you know, it really does help expand your journey of self. Um, and I'm not going to act like it's for everyone. And there are no laws or health codes in the United States against barefooting. But unfortunately, a lot of people think there are, but there aren't. And there never has been. And a lot of people think that because of the um, traditionalist movement that rose up in the 1950s and 60s because of the Western counterculture movement, also called the hippie movement, as well as civil rights movement. And just some people that have had apparently had an issue with what people do with their feet and any kind of, and who were classist, racist, and 
didn't believe in body autonomy, um, decided to, you know, start an issue out of it. And so unfortunately, a lot of people to this day do believe that um, barefooting is illegal, but that is not true. Barefooting is completely legal in public spaces in the U.S., and there are no health codes against it. So um, now when it comes to private institutions, you know, um, policies can be a little bit more individualized, but even then they have to have a logical reason. It has to be, you know, an actual reason of safety. There has to be reason behind it. They can't just have an unreasonable reason to have a policy against barefooting because of the fact that barefooting is recognized as an accommodation and um, for accessibility, although it is not as recognized as it should be, but it is also recognized as an American right. Um, so remember, there are no laws or health codes against barefooting, so stand up for yourself. Um, you know, I definitely recommend trying to keep your cool, you know, knowing those times and places when, when to be timid and when to shut up, when to speak up, when to talk, when to fight, when to be aggressive. You know, it's all about finding those times. And I'm going to be honest, like, I get it. It's really hard to navigate. Um, I'm not very good with social cues. Now, I will be honest because of social genderization, um, I am a lot of, a lot better at recognizing so um, social cues often. Uh, most women with um, autism and ADHD are better at recognizing social cues because we are trained and forced to, um, because if we don't, there are higher repercussions often. And so, I mean, it is easier, I guess, for me than some people, but at the same time, there are a lot of people in my life where it is easier for them to engage and understand. So my basic general rule is just start out calm. You know, um, if somebody is going to confront me, I can't be timid. Okay. But I can't immediately go into being aggressive either. So I just kind of start out in a very neutral, but I'm going to stand up for myself way. Now, if a person is going to threaten me or do anything to threaten my safety or make me feel unsafe, then yes, I will escalate and fight back if necessary. But if some people are going to trigger me emotionally I will find a way to passionately yet calmly and groundedly stand, stand up for myself, but I really do try not to allow, you know, those emotions to take over either because it is a very slippery slope. Um, and I wish that I had better advice, you know, for knowing exactly how to act in every social situation. But as a general rule, I, I try to be, you know, have that, you know, at least illusion, even if I don't feel it at the time of confidence and, but be very, but calm and grounded. So just make it clear. I'm not going to take your crap, but I'm not looking for a fight either. But if, and, but again, if they want to escalate it into a fight, I can escalate my voice. I can escalate my energy too, before we even result to violence and make it very clear that if you're looking for a fight, I am not the one because when I'm not, you know, I am a very loving and empathetic person, but I think when, but when you threaten, like, you know, or try to, you know, I don't know, like attack, you know, most people with ADHD and autism, we, we do flip very quickly. And so I am very aware of that though. And that's why I approach things with calmness until there is, you know, a threat to me. Um, and I think that's just the general way to approach it is, you know, try not to be timid. Even if you have to fake this illusion of confidence, just stick to the facts. There 
are no laws or health codes against fair for the United States. Therefore, I'm not legally doing anything wrong. And actually, in fact, you are breaking the law by telling me I can't be in here barefooting because that is legal discrimination. You know, I stick to the facts, just kind of try to focus on that. And I know that's a lot easier said than done, depending on where your mental health is at. Um, believe me, sometimes I, I want to just scream and be like, leave me alone. Especially when, you know, the times when I just want to have a meltdown. But just finding those ways to just stay calm, stay grounded. And, you know, and then after you leave that situation, you know, then deal with all the, and of course, this is, I'm not going to act like this is easy for everyone. This is just um, trying to, you know, find that mindset of, you know, and, and again, if you, depending on what your mental health issues are, it can be a lot harder. You know, for me with my autism, it is actually kind of easy for me to be able to shut down on things. I mean, sometimes that's also a big problem in my life because I shut down on them and don't feel them. So that's where I've had to actually also start reminding myself, too. Okay, now we have to feel them and process them and, you know, um, and kind of get it out. Um, and if you're someone else, too, whether well, whether you even just have anger issues or or if this may help you for some other reason, even for me with my ADHD and autism, um, you know, finding, you know, a punching bag or, and, and doing things like this in a way in which people are safe, um, you know, you're not in a position where you're going, anyone else around you is going to feel threatened, you know, finding, um, you know, a room where you can be alone and just like punching a pillow or you have a punching bag or, you know, martial arts could be an outlet for some people or, um, for some people running, but finding something where you can physically get that energy out. I've seen different exercises where people, um, again, make sure that this is a wall that can, you know, withhold this, um, but push as hard as you can with your palms flat against the wall to just really get that energy out. Um, with ADHD and autism, often in order to let go of something, there needs to be an outlet that is equivalent to what you feel on the inside. And it's also a way of um, just using that kind of electrical energy, if that makes any sense, that's stirred or kicked up um, in order to try to explain things simply. Um, so finding things like that, if you're some of those anger issues or meltdown issues, even if I'm not angry or I have no you know, intention to hurt anybody, like, you know, having a punching bag or punching a pillow um, or squeezing a stress ball. Sometimes I've done that so hard that they break. You know, those are ways where you can get that frustration out, but you're not endangering anyone and you're not endangering yourself. Um, and so it can, it can and, and, you know, as much as, you know, yeah, I would love to be like, oh, yeah, peace, love, light, hippie energy all the time. Realistically speaking, we cannot, we're not all, we are not all love and light, hippies, light, blah, 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 all the time. You know, there are times when we have these really intense emotions and we need to find a way to be safely um, just released and how, you know, where we kind of transmutate that energy or, you know, transfer that energy from our being to the external world in a way that is safe and doesn't endanger ourselves or anyone else. And I think it's really important to have, you know, coping tools for handling um, emotional regulation as a barefooter because of the pushback that occurs um, being a barefooter, you know, um, not to try to get you know, too much into, you know, like therapy-esque things, um, but at the same time, you know, I, as barefooters and even people that have chronic health issues and different things or 
um, even from personal experience with someone who is autistic and ADHD, like that really, there's just so much crap that's constantly just being thrown at you that most neurotypical able-bodied shoe wearing people do not have to experience or deal with that. It is a lot and you have to find ways to healthily experience and exist. Um, but it is a lot. And, you know, in general, my nervous system is already more sensitive to um, things than other people. And so it's very important for sure to have coping tools and understanding emotional regulation. But I would say barefooting itself, especially in places where you don't have to be perceived by people. Um, it is so crucial for emotional regulation. Um, although I talk a lot and I do this radio show, I, as an autistic person, a lot of other autistic people feel this. We have issues with being perceived. Sometimes I just don't want to be perceived. And sometimes I don't want to be perceived and I still have to come out on this radio show and put a mask on. And, and even though I would rather not be real. And it's because um, there's just our brains are already picking up on so much, but we also have to translate things and it take um, socially that may take more time to do so articulately, even just mentally by reading other people's social cues and things like that because of the issues with social cues and autism and, um, and even with ADHD with attention deficit issues, this can be an issue as well. Um, it is a lot. And so I do, if you're somebody who also, um, it, um, is autistic or ADHD, um, or if you even have like fibromyalgia or some other kind of um, like social anxiety, um, any kind of neurodivergent or um, condition or experience in which you just don't like being perceived by other people, just know that you're not crazy. And um, there are a lot, other, a lot of other people out there like that, but um, engaging with barefooting in ways where you can find ways where you don't have to be perceived or there are no consequences if you are at, you know, if someone stumbles across you or, you know, and you're perceived, you know, um, and that you can be as, you know, weird and socially awkward as you need to, you know, or as dumb as you need to be, because sometimes, you know, we come off really stupid sounding, um, and that's okay too. Um, gotta love social issues. Um, that can especially be helpful for barefooting. I understand that can be really hard to engage in public spaces or a lot of traditional public spaces. Um, but yeah, like finding nature areas and areas that you can connect with nature are definitely really helpful to engage with barefooting if you don't want to be perceived. Um, but also, again, when you're out in nature, it can be a lot better. But I also understand, too, there can be a lot of safety issues with hiking alone. So even if you have a safe person that you don't mind being perceived with or Sometimes um, me and my partner and whenever we do on the woods, sometimes we just end up doing kind of like our own thing. Like we're within, we're within no less than 10 feet of, I, I, at least it feels like 10 feet. I don't know what 10 feet actually looks like right now. Uh, most of the time we're within less than 10 feet of each other anyway, but we kind of just do our own thing. He's got ADHD and I've got ADHD and autism. So we just kind of do our own thing in the woods, but we're within, you know, a close enough radius. And believe me, I've had some weird people, dudes try to talk to me. I'm just like, and, of course, I'm like, yeah, my boyfriend, blah, 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 over there, climbing a tree, leave me alone, like, you know, just because some men are weird, you know. And, like, in you know, and I'd say boyfriend, partner, we've been together for seven years, so it's complicated. But, anyway, um, but, you know, he's doing, like, you know, we just do our own thing, um, 
and you know we're still able to stem and engage with nature however we feel but you know if there are times where I you know for reasons you know I'm not comfortable and probably it's not completely crazy being out there by myself it's like you know you so having a kind of like that buddy system you know even with um just anybody in your life that can kind of help and you know still finding ways to do that I think that like if you have other people that are like you and understand those experiences, it makes it easier to be able to go out and do those things with somebody um, in a way where you feel free rather than having to socially perform. Um, And all of us socially perform on some level, even if you are not neurodivergent, even if you don't have, you know, autism, we're all socially performing all the time on some levels to be able to have those places where you don't have to be perceived or socially perform is very helpful. And um, I think we all kind of need that. And I wish that our society was more understanding and giving people just time to just quit performing. Um, But I think also too, it really helps when you just are able to get out of the scientists of caring. You know, I've had to learn that, yes, there are certain environments where I am going to have to socially perform and care about that on some level. Like, yes, I should be able to, you know, exist as true to myself as possible. But there are certain places where I am going to have to mask my ADHD and autism more um, within the world. But then also, but those places where I shouldn't need to mask and I don't need to mask. And it's like, why would I even mask? Like, you know, removing that shame and really breaking it down. And and it is a a process. It is something to learn um, because shame is something that a lot of us are, in general, are conditioned towards. And that shows up a lot with barefooting as well as really anything. Um, And so it takes a lot of work to um, work. It it, it takes a lot of effort. It it takes a while to really work through these, shame prisons imposed upon us, um, especially when they've been imposed upon us by people close to us within our lives or within um, environments that were very central to our lives and reoccurring and had a lot to do and that were supposed to be support systems for us, that can become especially troubling and can especially have an impact. Um, but even if you are somebody who is also um, neuro, you know, neurodivergent in general, not just ADHD, um, or autistic, you know, ma- um, masking with shame is something that can be really, it takes time to work through. Um, and even from my experience as someone who's, you know, ADHD, autistic, ADHD, whatever, um, I, you know, there's a lot of forced responses that happen that are very automatic that I don't really have control over. And I just kind of mask into what I'm supposed to be. air quotes I guess really and because of what I've been told or taught or whatever um, and that can be a a process to learn um, for sure but really removing sorry I'm cracking my knuckles and stuff I hope it's not too loud but if you are in a position where there really shouldn't be shame or regret or or really this like need to hide yourself, let that go. Let that go, you know. And, and, and I'm not saying that, like, oh, it's that simple. But I'm just like, you know, please for yourself, do the work and figure out how to let it go. I'm encouraging you to let it go. I know it's not that simple. I know that it's really hard. Um, and it can be harder for some people to be on the situations or the, depending on the severe severity of the situation. Um 
and things like that, but it it, it it doesn't belong to you. Other people's shame, other people's bullcrap social rules that really, like, at the end of the day don't matter, like, as simple as being with barefooting, things like that, um, those, are, those aren't yours. They're not yours. Let it go. Just, you know, it, it's not yours. It never was. It was something that someone tried to give to you. It was like a poison apple. Like, oh, here, eat this. You know, an apple a day will keep the doctor away and really end up like Snow White. So, you know, (laughs) just try not to hold yourself within this the best ability. I am not shaming, though, because I don't think we should shame people for the ways that trauma and things like this impact people. Um, because shame, blame, and guilt, all it does is keep us from growing. Those are the biggest issues that create these problems. So I am saying this is no shame, no blame, or no guilt, but instead giving you that permission to just be yourself and to really love yourself and understanding that you don't have to hate yourself. And um, and I saw something they actually was talking about how um, sometimes self-hate is actually a part of the mask as a neurodivergent person. And um, actually, ended up saying, sending it to someone in my life um, that really that I, I felt I could relate, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, this is so real," and whatever. Um, but realizing that sometimes too, um, even with chronic health issues or whatever, or even whatever you're masking, we can start to hate ourselves and crap on ourselves because we feel like we're supposed to to live up to someone else's ideas and expectations, and these bullcrap ideas of failure and we're not enough and we can really impose those things upon ourselves and really um, end up hurting ourselves and just it's important to remember that this is not your stuff to hold on to Um, so let go if you can um, because I think that this is one of the biggest things that really does stop people from barefooting and feeling comfortable barefooting and being confident barefooting or wanting to barefoot is all this shame blame and guilt cycles and things like that so if it seems like I'm off topic, I I encourage you to think harder about the situation then or think deeper about barefooting. Think deeper about society. Think deeper about the ways that everything interconnects. Because with hyperconnectivity in my brain, I don't really get a choice, so here it is, you know. Um, but everything within our society is affecting something else. There's a constant interaction and exchange going on, and our interactions and exchanges of energy and time and anything with anybody do impact the ways that we view the world um, and impact the ways that we interact with the world, ways that we interact with ourselves, the ways that we view ourselves, um, the things we tell ourselves, the things we think to ourselves. Um, But also the way that we engage with life. Like, I, I don't even know how to explain that, but just the essence of life. And I think a lot of us are disconnected from the essence of life. And I think barefooting is a huge step in really reconnecting um, a person to the essence of life. Is that me saying that people that have sensory issues or health issues that keep them from barefooting are not connected to the essence of life? No, that's not what I'm saying. If you have something that's genuinely keeping you from being able to barefoot it and you're listening to your body, then you too are connecting with reconnecting with the essence of life you're listening to your body you're listening to your sensory issues you're listening to you is understand yourself now it's also important to understand that you know we can't always expect you know any everything from other people 
Um, we also have to uh, respect other people's needs and boundaries and understanding the ebb and flow of our existence and also other people's existence, but in which, you know, we can rather than, um, and learning on how to be supportive without allowing things to be detrimental to our well-being. And that's really hard, especially since a lot of people, and I will be honest, from experience and talking to other women, especially women, we're often penalized when we do not take on an excessive amount of anything from anyone to the point that it impacts our well-being. We don't care enough, apparently, if it's not breaking us. If we're not at our wit's end, we don't care enough. And then yet when other, you know, and then yet it's often um, when we need anything in return or feel anything, experience anything, have any needs, it's like you're crazy um, and somehow we're needy and demanding. And, you know, so there, there is a double standard. And I'm, I'm not saying that to offend anybody. Um, I'm not going to say that it plays out in everybody's life and that is exactly how the world 100% works because that's not true. But historically and generally speaking in society, it is an ongoing issue. And barefooting for me is something that's really been able to help me reconnect with my body and understanding that I do need to take care of myself and that I can support and love other people without it breaking me. And, yes, we should give everything, in, you know, in terms of our love, you know, and empathy, yes, to the people we love. But we should not take on, you know, love with your whole heart. But we should not be taking on things until the point that it becomes detrimental and destroys us. Um, and that goes for anybody, even men or um, non-binary people, anybody, whatever your identity is, that may be experiencing the same thing. You know, understanding that your empathy and your love for people should not destroy you in order for you to, you know, care enough. But at the same time, learning to show that we care is really important. Um, you know, because a lot of us are so disconnected from each other. A lot of times, you know, we may not even realize how disconnected we are from the people around us. Um, so encourage people to just really try to really connect with that humanity and connect with the essence of life and just what it means to truly be a human and that um, general empathy and relatingness that, you know, we all have together, even when we may not fully be able to relate and understand each other. But um, I'm going to run a quick ad break. Um, I hope this, rambling is making sense so far today um and that you know is beneficial to those of y'all listening um but this is uh barefoot is legal radio barefoot is legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to advocacy awareness legality and rights regarding the barefooting lifestyle as well as encouragement and support um you can check us out at barefootislegal.org you can find us on facebook at barefoot is legal there is both a public uh, sorry, a public page, Barefoot is Legal, and also a private Barefoot is Legal group on Facebook. Um, you have to answer a couple questions just to make sure that we, you know, got people that um, in the group, you know, who are, you know, not haters. We don't just, you know, the group doesn't really accept people to make sure that it's actual people who are barefooters and 
um, you know, to also keep the community, you know, safe and um, to have, you know, just, you know, just to make sure, you know, we got the right kind of people. And that's not an exclusive way, but I, I hope that makes sense. Just to make sure that there, you know, isn't any threats to other people or anything like that either. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm Phoenix. Um, this is Barefoot Legal. I'm going to run a quick ad break, and then we will be back for um, the last bit of the show. Um, so, yeah. Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm. It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food. It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. standards for an apple. This isn't that ugly at all. Like that's the most common first box like complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. Have food delivered to your house. Box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High quality produce. There's nothing wrong with the produce. And they taste exactly the same if not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door like. But what you why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live, and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce. I've heard stories from teachers in classes where their students are grounded that they have half the level of referrals for discipline. Some students who were in tears because they were experiencing success when before they were experiencing failure with their behavior and discipline. I've heard stories from teachers with autistic children who have been grounded where they have less of what they call the meltdowns. And the meltdowns are less frequent and shorter and they come back into the classroom and they're learning more than they had learned prior to the grounding. It's amazing what happens not just with the teacher at the front of the class, but what can happen with the student sitting in the class. And just think if every single student and every single teacher and every single classroom and every single school across this whole world was grounded. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up. Talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional. See life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. 
We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. Hello, folks. You're back with Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights, legalities, awareness, and advocacy of living the barefoot lifestyle, as well as general support and information. Um, you can check us out at barefootislegal.org. You can check us out on Facebook at Barefoot is Legal, um, the public page or the private group, and you can find us on Instagram at Real Barefoot is Legal. If you want to check out, you know, any um, link, other links, and um, even just access your social media is easier, you can go to the link tree, which is L-I-N-K. T R dot E E slash Barefoot is legal B A R E F O O T I S L E G A L um, and there's um, links to the last two shows um, Barefoot is legal dot org is linked there as well as uh, different articles videos um, there's even um, and stuff about different, like, earth grounding products that aren't sponsored, but people can look into themselves there. Um, and, yeah, so if there's any uh, other information, things like that you want to check out, um, there are a lot of health benefits, for sure, to um, barefoot, barefooting, barefoot walking, um, with improving the range of mobility, um, muscle control, um, improving posture, um, you know, the placement of the skeletal system, so chiropractic issues. Um, you know, barefooting is beneficial to inflammation issues, chronic pain issues, and I can even, you know, testify these things, to these things from personal experience. Audrey, as well as uh, other people, you know, I know um, can testify to these with personal experience um but at the same time you know barefooting is not necessarily an accommodation for everyone either um but it is important to respect that barefooting is an accommodation for many different people's physical uh and chronic um, health conditions um disability issues as well as um an accommodation for different um neurodivergent experiences, whether that's, you know, be neurological reasons, um, sensory issues, um, 
and, and not even just sensory issues tied into ADHD and autism, but also um, for ADHD and autism, anxiety. Um, so there, there's so many different um, aspects of mental and physical health that barefooting definitely can benefit, but just also be understanding that it's, it's not the same for everyone. So just be pers- being respectful of everyone's different um, experiences is definitely crucial. You know, like talking about, you know, in general, um, today on the show, you know, listening to our body is so important. That's connecting to, you know, just our humanity. And so it's really important to just allow everyone to listen to their own body. I personally just, I've never really understood the big issue, you know, with wearing shoes or not, even times in my life when I did um, mask or, you know, abide more by this social made up social rule of you got to wear shoes. Um, I never really understood it personally. Um, at the end of the day, it's just feet and I get it, but you know, it's like, well, if you're someone who's a barefooter, then of course you wouldn't understand people have a problem with it. But at the end of the day, I really encourage other people that do actually have a problem with it to really unravel why really think about why does it make you uncomfortable and why does it bother you? Why do, why does other people's feet, make you uncomfortable why does other people doing what is beneficial to them make you uncomfortable um because i feel like often there are these just deeper ideas of shame and fear mongering that play a much deeper role into other people's negative perceptions of barefooting than the dangers of barefooting itself and i understand that there are a lot of circumstances and situations in which it is you know potentially dangerous or dangerous to be barefoot, but also understanding that that's not because barefooting is inherently dangerous, but because of the context and the circumstances surrounding that environment that in which a person would need to wear shoes for a tool of protection. If you're, you know, a chemist in a chemistry lab, you know, you're going to be wearing goggles and gloves and other protective equipment. You're probably not going to be, you know, just barefoot in it you know if you're a construction worker you're wearing hard hats you know even those reflective um vest shirts you know any reflective material or uh brightly colored material you know that they wear for their protection so they can be seen and that they're visible within um you know on construction sites um even if that's road work or you know demolition sites or you know actual you know like building of buildings type stuff you know um you're not going to be barefoot. I mean, a lot of you're having steel toe boots if you're working in diff. I mean, really, there there are so many different examples um, depending on where what you're working in. Like, you know, if you have other protective gear, obviously it's not going to be a good idea for you, you know, to be barefoot. But that doesn't mean that you know every situation out there is inherently dangerous or that everyone's job is inherently dangerous and that being barefoot is inherently going to, you know, risk their safety on the job. Um, And, you know, I, I, in an ideal world, unfortunately, you know, there is mass shootings are, you know, crazy high rates um, and it's not talked about enough. So I do have mixed feelings on, you know, being barefoot in schools and classrooms, but I think ideally in a, perfect education system in a perfect society I with children teachers you know that if that's something that barefooting is something that you benefit from that would be an ideal environment to accommodate for those things because you know you don't need your shoes to learn but unfortunately with a lot of 
the violence and safety threats in schools, even, you know, within um, the social situations imposed on teenagers and young kids that cause erratic behaviors and dangerous behaviors, even amongst each other, um, as, as you, especially as you get older in school, um, on top of, you know, outside safety threats to children and, you know, students and even teachers' safety, you know, I can understand why you wouldn't want your children going to school barefoot or taking their shoes off at school or why shoes would be necessary. Um, and so I, it's very frustrating because I feel like there's so many things. Um, and I just, I wish that we had, you know, safer environments for children because children should be safe to barefoot, you know, and especially babies and toddlers should be able to barefoot. And even if they're just crawling and as they're learning to walk because there's, you know, crucial acts of um, developing motor skills um, as well as um, just mobility and um, athleticism even, like, type of things, like, as well as muscle control and whatnot else. Like, barefooting is so crucial and plays a crucial role in early childhood development, but it also plays a crucial role throughout our development, Um And, you know, shoes are not designed for people's feet. I mean, although they are, you know, they're created and, you know, advertised and pushed within the system of consumerism for people to wear and have an endless collection of. And I'm no judgment to people that, you know, do collect shoes or, um, because if that's like your special interest, your hobby, like, have fun. Like, I'm not going to take away your joy from you. But my problem is with how much this consumerism is pushed on us, but shoes are not designed with our bodies and our, you know, and our feet and mind and our feet are the root, the foundation of our bodies. Literally, they're the foundation meant to support our physical structure, our skeletal structure, our muscle structure, and just the general um, functioning and operations and mobility of our bodies in general. And, Shoes can often operate as a crutch, um, not allowing the heel and the ankle and other aspects of the foot to be fully engaged, which is important to develop muscle strength, um, range of mobility. Um, But even um, this lack of range of motion can also cause issues with stiffness, muscle tightness, joint issues. You know, and if you already have existing joint and muscle issues, this is something that definitely can make them worse. Um, and, um, so, you know, I'm not here to tell people that you have to be barefoot. Um, I don't want to force people out of their shoes anymore than I want to be forced into them. But I do think, you know, it's really important to remember that shoes are not made for our bodies. Nothing really around us is truly made for our bodies. I mean, a lot of the products that we use, you know, are not made for bodies. And this isn't me trying to be all fear-mongering. you got to go completely raw and all natural. But we do need to be more mindful of ingredients and holding um, the FDA accountable, holding corporations accountable, um, and just, just yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, us as consumers, or as, as the consumers, we are – we really are, in a lot of ways, ultimately the ones with the power, although um, 
when prices are going up and things like that, you know, it makes it incredibly harder. People don't always have a lot of options in terms of accessibility, but, you know, boycotts do work. You know, if there's an issue or something, place or there's place you know, that's discriminatory or working with discriminatory organizations, you know, don't give them your money, you know, just like, and, and I, I, I hold that same ideology with my personal barefooting, you know, and if, if I can, you know, avoid it. Now I get it in some areas, you may not have options and stuff like that. And it's really hard. Um, but, you know, standing up for your rights is really important. But if you can avoid it, you know, I avoid giving money to places that are going to act discriminatory or have discriminatory um, mindsets or support discriminatory legislation and things like that if possible. Um, and so just being very mindful, I think, is important. But at the same time, understanding that we are all only human. Yes. So as an individual, you know, there may not feel like a lot of power, but I think that's where it's really important for communities to come together in the collective in terms of American citizens, as well as the global collective and to just really come together and push for, you know, safer things to hold things accountable. Because I think a lot of the risks and um, to barefooting, a lot of the reasons why people look down bare, barefooting and a lot of safety issues are, are tied into much deeper issues in society. And there's a lot of fear mongering against barefooting and against autonomy. When what is that fixing? If you're worried about people stepping on, sorry, but drug needles, then telling them to put their shoes on, what is that fix? And I'm not here to, you know, shame people or anything like that, but instead focus on how can you build programs and things, or how can you have a safer society or clean up your neighborhoods, create a neighborhood cleanup if you're so worried about it, you know, and, and understanding that, you know, that there are much deeper things here just telling people to put their shoes on, what does that solve? That doesn't solve any of the safety risks. What happens when you fall down and you scrape your knees and you fall on your hands too? Are you going to start wearing knee pads and gloves everywhere too? I mean, some might, but I doubt the majority will. Instead, nope, you're going to start cursing and blaming on how it's a societal problem or you're going to start blaming individual people that did not create society nor have any control over it or the circumstances that impact them. So instead, you know, focus on the deeper issues at play um, and be very mindful of people who want to polarize and tear people apart right now. Um, this is a very charged time approaching an election, although it's not, you know, a presidential election year. It's, you know, still uh, approaching election is always a charged time. Be really mindful and think for yourself and read for yourself the issues that are at play. Um because unfortunately, there is a lot of corruption, manipulation of empathy. There's a lot of corruption in terms of body autonomy and safety and listening to our bodies and thinking for ourselves. And this is not a new thing. It's been an ongoing thing for as long as, well, anybody could probably recall. And so just being very aware of things at play and just really leading with empathy and love towards other people and having empathy towards others, even if these problems do not directly affect you. Um, and just doing what we can to help keep each other safe. In general, I think is really important. Um, and yeah, I, I think that, and if I get it, this is a very charged time. So if it's really getting to you, definitely recommend taking that time to barefoot and connect with the earth because it really does help. 
um, giving, you know, when you're in those mo- big emotional states, just really giving that energy to earth, you know, to just sit outside and just be alone and, the be- you know, as much as, you know, you know, and just as much as you can, just try to just like allow yourself to process these things and understand these charged emotions and just give that ex- excessive energy to the earth. Like it really does help as crazy as it may sound, um, I feel like my sanity, my peace, my serenity really does come from barefooting and connecting with nature. And I know it sounds crazy, uh, you know, to some people that don't understand it. But I think when you really try it and you really understand, you understand that it's not just crazy, oh, repress everything, hippie bullcrap, but instead therapeutic techniques for actually learning how to release and process um, and regulate the nervous system and soothe the body because, you know, nature is soothing and revitalizing to the nervous system, not just for ADHD, autistic people or people with neurological, neurodivergent or sensory issues, but for everyone in general. I mean, yes, especially if you have these issues, it's going to be especially, you know, helpful, um, you know, to utilize. Um, but unfortunately, if you have these higher um, these more intense of your issues, you may not see as much progress as somebody who doesn't have these issues being able to apply the same technique. So have patience and love and empathy with yourself. Um, but at the same time, you know, this is a technique for releasing and regulating the nervous system and soothing the nervous system. There's a lot of research on how nature and exposure to nature, even just outside hospital windows, you know, versus a skyline or a brick wall or like a dumpster, you know, type thing um, is beneficial for the healing of terminally ill patients, including cancer patients. Um, Exposure to nature has a huge role in healing, um, has a huge role in, you know, chronic illnesses and mental health. Um, And yes, it's not a cure-all, but, you know, it is a therapeutic technique and a technique that can be used to, um, just regulate oneself and and this could be you know mentally cognitively you know emotionally physically spiritually really any other dimension and facet of self that you can think of Um, whatever these issues are I really do think that engaging with nature does help because from experience it has helped me Um, and from the experience of other people and just remember to listen to your body. Remember, there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in the United States. Therefore, you are not doing anything wrong. You're not breaking the law. You're not doing anything legally wrong. You're not doing anything morally wrong. But you know what is morally right in my book? Living authentically to yourself. And because think about, you know, living, you know, doing rights and wrongs isn't just about the rights and wrongs we do to other people, but also look at the rights and wrongs you're doing to yourself. And you're more likely to mess up and do rights and or do and do, sorry, mess up and do wrongs to other people when you are doing wrongs to yourself, when you are, and eventually when you crash and you tap out because, you know, anybody can at some point go through enough stuff, reach a breaking point, can experience, you know, a snap in their executive function. Yes, it's more common and um, more reoccurring in issues um, um, and chronic, you know, conditions that, um, are connected to the executive um, functioning centers of the brain, but, you know, we're all human and all people can reach that tapping point in their executive function and make poor judgment and snap and things like that. So look at the ways that how are you wronging yourself? Uh, You know, how are you not taking care of yourself and how is this contributing to the way that you may be acting 
irrationally and appropriately or negatively. Um, and so, you know, and, and, and having empathy with yourself too, you know, I look at these things as more of solving an issue rather than shaming and blaming and looking at the moral thing, because, you know, unless you're actually doing something that is vile and dis- just disgusting, hurtful, horrible things, we all make mistakes. We all have snapped at someone we love. We have all hurt someone we love in some capacity. Blaming and shaming and being like, oh, I'm a horrible person and getting caught up in this personal morality can end up making the issue more about you, especially if you're mentally unwell and don't realize it. And, you know, I've seen this from, you know, other people even in my own life. And, but even as well as even myself. So, you know, really instead looking at solving an issue, look at, okay, I did this wrong. I did this thing. How can I solve this issue between us? How can I hold accountability? How can I hold responsibility and put a plan in play to keep this from happening again? Remember that we're all only human. And, um, and so having that compassion and instead focusing on progress over perfection, because, and that's really important because I think sometimes when we lose sight of things and start focusing more on perfectionism, that's when we end up messing up more in our healing journey. That's when we end up making more mistakes. That's when the ego defense mechanisms really decide to turn up a notch and become problematic. And so just being really aware of those things because, you know, and, and, and being aware of the ways that we interact with other people who um, have negative things, you know, about our barefooting. You know, this is something to also keep in mind in terms of, you know, handling things and just remembering that, you know, if you make mistakes when dealing with people that are being discriminatory or negative, even if it's seemingly innocent coming from them, even if they don't mean it in a bad way, you snap. Remember that you are only human but focusing on how you can handle these things better, but still give yourself the emotional outlet that you need. Still give yourself the frustration place and just whatever, you know, that place to just deal with whatever you're feeling. Um, And just focus on, you know, living more authentically. At the end of the day, you know, people can have a problem with your barefooting. That is their choice. Um, But do you really want to allow that, destroy the way that you look at yourself? to destroy your sense of relationship with yourself, your sense of relationship with those around you and the sense of relationship with the world. Because yes, you know, when it is, when we're actually doing things that are actually morally, legally wrong, you know, especially there should be, you know, this accountability and, you know, making sure we're doing the right thing and apologizing and, but barefooting is not morally or legally wrong. So, you know, I understand that can be really hard to not want to apologize or, you know, or to people please with these things. But it's about understanding when is the time and place? Because I think a lot of times, too, a lot of people end up giving more energy, apologizing and feeling bad for situations that they really shouldn't feel bad for. That then when the real stuff comes up, they can't fully take accountability because they are so, and I'm even saying this even a little bit from experience, too, at times. Because you're so broken, you're so negative, you're so down on yourself, and you don't like yourself so much that you can't handle the reality of when you actually did do something wrong. So it's about finding that balance. And I think when we operate from this mindset of having to apologize for everything, this can make it a lot harder for you to actually take accountability. That even when you think you're taking accountability, even when you think you're taking responsibility and resolving and solving this and doing the best you can, that you're actually not because you're smoke screened by your own ego. 
And so it's really about finding that balance. You know, self-love and loving yourself is a key way to stop being a jerk. It really is. That's a 90-second warning. So we're coming up on, you know, a little less than 90 seconds, end of the show. Um, I hope that my ramblings were beneficial to those of y'all listening today. Um, and also who may be listening in the future, um, you can uh, find us again on Mix, Mix 105 Indie Internet Radio. Um, they replay our shows on Sundays, the week after they air from here. Um, so if you listen tomorrow, I forget what you'll be hearing last week's show, and you can hear the show again um, next Sunday through them. Um, but you can catch us again um, next Saturday here at Barefoot is Legal. This was Phoenix hosting today. Audrey should hopefully um, be back with us next week to talk more about barefoot experiences and how her hiking experiences went. But I hope this information helped you all. Remember, there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in, the pub- in public spaces in the United States. So keep living your best barefoot lifestyle. Stand up for yourselves. You're not breaking any laws or health codes. Therefore, you're not doing anything wrong. You're not doing anything morally wrong. So stand up for yourself. And remember, people that are discriminated against you are the ones breaking the laws. So take care, guys. Keep living your best barefoot lifestyle. Listen to your body. Listen and allow, you know, this barefooting journey to take you on all different um, understandings of yourself and all dimensions of who you are. So I hope that made sense. Bye-bye. See you next week.